Chapter Three of By Pike and Dyke: A Tale of the Rise of the Dutch Republic. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. By Pike and Dyke by G. A. Henty. Chapter Three: A Fight with the Spaniards. As soon as it became dark and the wharves were deserted, Captain Martin sent two sailors aloft with grease pots, with orders that every block was to be carefully greased to ensure its running without noise. A boat which rowed six oars was lowered noiselessly into the water, and flannel was bound round the oars. The men, who had been aware of the danger that threatened their captain, sharpened the pikes and axes, and declared to each other that whether the captain ordered it or not, no Spaniards should set foot on board as long as one of them stood alive on the decks. The cook filled a great boiler with water and lighted a fire under it, and the carpenter heated a cauldron of pitch without orders. "'What are you doing, Thompson?' the captain asked, noticing the glow of the fire as he came out of his cabin. The sailor came aft before he replied, "'I'm just cooking up a little hot sauce for the dons, Captain. We don't ask them to come, you know. But if they do, it's only right that we should entertain them.' "'I hope there will be no fighting, lad,' the captain said. "'Well, Your Honor, that ain't exactly the wish of me and my mates. After what we have been hearing of, we feel as we shan't be happy until we have had a brush with them ere Spaniards. And as to fighting, Your Honor, from what we have heard, Captain Hawkins and others out in the Indian seas have been a-showing them that though they may swagger on land, they ain't no match for an Englishman on the sea. Anyhow, Your Honor, we ain't going to stand by and see you and Master Ned carried away by these ere butchering Spaniards.' we've all made up our minds that what happens to you happens to all of us we have sailed together in this ship the good venture for the last seventeen or eighteen years and we means to swim or sink together no disrespect to you captain but that is the fixed intention of all of us it would be a nice thing for us to sail back to the port of london and say as we stood by and saw our captain and his son carried off to be hung or burnt or what not by the spaniards and then sailed home to tell the tale we don't mean no disrespect captain i says again but in this ere business we take our orders from mr peters seeing that you being consarned as it were in the affair ain't to be considered as having so to speak a right judgment upon it well well we shall see if there is a chance of making a successful fight captain martin said unable to resist a smile at the sailor's way of putting it the night was dark and the two or three oil lamps that hung suspended from some of the houses facing the port threw no ray of light which extended to the shipping it was difficult to make out against the sky the outline of the masts of the french vessel lying some twenty yards away but presently ned's attention was called towards her by a slight splash of her cable then he heard the low rumble as the ropes ran out through the hawse-holes, and saw that the masts were slowly moving. In two or three minutes they had disappeared from his sight. He went into the cabin. "'The Frenchman has gone, father, and so noiselessly that I could hardly hear her. If we can get out as quietly there is little fear of our being noticed.' "'We cannot be as quiet as that, Ned. She has only to slack away her cables and drift with the tide that turned half an hour ago. We have got to tow out and set sail.' however the night is dark the wind is off shore and everything is in our favor do you see if there be any one about on the decks of the ships above and below us ned went first on to the stern and then to the bow he could hear the voices of men talking and singing in the forecastles, but could hear no movement on the deck of either ship he went down and reported to his father then i think we may as well start at once ned there are still sounds and noises in the town and any noise we may make is therefore less likely to be noticed than if we waited until everything was perfectly still 
the sailors were all ready all were barefooted so as to move as noiselessly as possible the four small cannon that the good venture carried had been loaded to the muzzle with bullets and pieces of iron a search had been made below and several heavy lumps of stone a part of the ballast carried on some former occasion brought up and placed at intervals along the bulwarks the pikes had been fastened by a loose lashing to the mast and the axes leaned in readiness against the cannon now peters captain martin said let the boat be manned do you send a man ashore to cast off the hawser at the bow let him take a line ashore with him so as to ease the hawser off and not let the end fall in the water the moment he has done that let him come to the stern and get on board there and do you and he get the plank on board as noiselessly as you can as soon as the bow hawser is on board i will give the men in the boat the word to row ned will be on board her and see that they row in the right direction the moment you have got the plank in get out your knife and cut the stern warp half through and directly her head is out and you feel the strain sever it the stern is so close to the wharf that the end will not be able to drop down into the water and make a splash ned's orders were that as soon as the vessel's head pointed seaward he was to steer rather to the right so as to prevent the stream which however ran but feebly from carrying her down on the bows of the french ship once beyond the latter he was to go straight out steering by the lights on shore the men were enjoined to drop their oars as quietly as possible into the water at each stroke and to row deeply as having the vessel in tow they would churn up the water unless they did so the boat rowed off a stroke or two, and then, as the rope tightened, the men sat quiet until Captain Martin was heard to give the order to row in a low tone. Then they bent to their oars. Peters had chosen the six best rowers on board the ship for the purpose, and so quietly did they dip their oars in the water that Captain Martin could scarce hear the sound, and only knew by looking over the other side, and seeing that the shore was receding, that the ship was in motion. Two minutes later Peters came forward i have cut the warp captain martin and she is moving out i have left watson at the helm scarce a word was spoken for the next five minutes it was only by looking at the light ashore that they could judge the progress they were making every one breathed more freely now the first danger was over they had got out from their berth without attracting the slightest notice either from the shore or from the ships lying next to them their next danger was from the ships lying at anchor off the port waiting their turn to come in were they to run against one of these the sound of the collision and perhaps the breaking of spars and the shouts of the crew would certainly excite attention from the sentries on shore so far the boat had been rowing but a short distance in advance of the end of the bowsprit but captain martin now made his way out to the end of that spar and told ned that he was going to give him a good deal more rope in order that he might keep well ahead and that he was to keep a sharp lookout for craft at anchor another quarter of an hour passed and captain martin thought that they must now be beyond the line of the outer shipping they felt the wind more now that they were getting beyond the shelter of the town and its effect upon the hull and spars made the work lighter for those in the boat ahead now peters i think that we can safely spread the foresail and call them in from the boat the sail had been already loosed and was now let fall it bellied out at once all in the sheets lads captain martin said and going forward gave a low whistle a minute later the boat was alongside let her drop astern peters the captain said as ned and the rowers clambered on board we may want her presently hullo what's that it's one of the guard boats i do believe and coming this way 
the men heard the sound of coming oars and silently stole to the mast and armed themselves with the pikes put the axes in their belts and ranged themselves along by the side of the ship towards which the boat was approaching will she go ahead of us or astern captain martin whispered to the mate i cannot tell yet sir by the sound she seems making pretty nearly straight for us how unfortunate captain martin murmured just as it seemed that we were getting safely away in another minute the mate whispered she will go astern of us sir but not by much i trust that she will not see us the captain said but now we are away from the town and the lights it doesn't seem so dark besides their eyes are accustomed to it there was dead silence in the ship as the boat approached she was just passing the stern at the distance of about a ship's length when there was a sudden exclamation and a voice shouted what ship is that where are you going captain martin replied in dutch we are taking advantage of the wind to make to sea down with that sail sir the officer shouted this is against all regulations no ship is permitted to leave the port between sunrise and sunset pull alongside lads there is something strange about this do not come alongside captain martin said sternly we are peaceable traders who meddle with no one but if you interfere with us it will be the worse for you you insolent hound the officer exclaimed furiously do you dare to threaten me blow your matches lads and shoulder your arquebuses there is treason and rebellion here those on board saw six tiny sparks appear two in the bow and four in the stern a minute later the boats dashed alongside as it did so three great pieces of stone were cast into it knocking down two of the rowers fire the officer exclaimed as he sprang up to climb the ship's side the six muskets were discharged and the men rose to follow their leader when there was a cry from the rowers the boat is sinking she is staved in at the same moment the officer fell back thrust through with a pike two of the soldiers were cut down with axes the other sprang back into the sinking boat which at once drifted astern up with her sails lads captain martin shouted it is a question of speed now the alarm is spread on shore already the sentries of the various batteries were discharging their muskets and shouting and the roll of a drum was heard almost immediately the crew soon had every stitch of sail set upon the brig she was moving steadily through the water but the wind was still light although occasionally a stronger puff gave ground for hope that it would ere long blow harder they will be some time before they make out what it is all about peters captain martin said the galleys will be manned and will row to the spot where the firing was heard some of the men in the boat are sure to be able to swim and will meet them as they come out and tell them what has happened the worst of it is the moon will be up in a few minutes i forgot all about that that accounts for its being lighter however we have got a good start one or two guard boats may be out here in a quarter of an hour but it will take the galleys twice as long to gather their crews and get out it all depends on the wind it is lucky it is not light yet or the batteries might open on us i don't think now they will get sight of us until we are fairly out of range now that there was no longer occasion for silence on board the good venture the crew laughed and joked at the expense of the spaniards they were in high spirits at their success and their only regret was that the brush with their pursuers had not been a more serious one it was evident from the talk that there was quite as much hope as fear in the glances that they cast astern and that they would have been by no means sorry to see a foe of about their own strength in hot pursuit of them a quarter of an hour after the shattered boat had dropped astern the moon rose on the starboard bow it was three-quarters full and would assuredly reveal the ship to those on shore 
scarcely indeed did it show above the horizon when there was the boom of a gun astern followed a second or two later by a heavy splash in the water close alongside that was a good shot captain martin said but luck rather than skill i fancy there is little chance of their hitting us at this distance we must be a mile and a half away don't you think so peters quite that captain and they must have given their gun a lot of elevation to carry so far i almost wonder they wasted their powder of course they can't tell in the least who they are firing at the captain said they cannot have learnt anything yet and can have only known that there was firing off the port and that a craft is making out we may be one of the sea beggars vessels for anything they know and may have come to carry off a prize from under their very noses that is so the mate replied but the gun may have been fired as a signal as much as with any hope of hitting us so it may so it may peters i did not think of that certainly that is likely enough we know that they have several ships cruising in the zyder zee keeping a lookout for the beggars on a night like this and with the wind astern the sound will be heard miles away we may have trouble yet i was not much afraid of the galleys for though the wind is so light we are running along famously you see we have nothing in our hold and that is all in our favor so long as we are dead before the wind besides if the galleys did come up it would probably be singly and we should be able to beat them off for high out of water as we are they would find it difficult to climb the sides but if we fall in with any of their ships it is a different matter altogether four or five more shots were fired but they all fell astern and as they were fully two miles and a half away when the last gun was discharged and the cannoneers must have known that they were far out of range captain martin felt sure that the mate's idea was a correct one and that the cannon had been discharged rather as a signal than with any hope of reaching them ned run up into the foretop the captain said and keep a sharp lookout ahead the moon has given an advantage to those who are on our track behind but it gives us an advantage as against any craft there may be ahead of us we shall see them long before they can see us peters had been looking astern when the last gun was fired and said that by its flash he believed that he had caught sight of three craft of some kind or other outside the ships moored off the port then we have two miles start if those are their galleys the captain said we are stealing through the water at about the rate of four knots and perhaps they may row six so it will take them an hour to come up rather more than that i should say captain for the wind at times freshens a little it is likely to be an hour and a half before they come up all the better peters they will have learnt from those they picked up from that boat that we are not a large craft and that our crew probably does not exceed twenty men therefore as those galleys carry about twenty soldiers besides the twenty rowers they will not think it necessary to keep together but will each do his best to overtake us one of them is sure to be faster than the others and if they come up singly i think we shall be able to beat them off handsomely it is no use discussing now whether it is wise to fight or not by sinking that first boat we have all put our heads in a noose and there is no drawing back we have repulsed their officers with armed force and there will be no mercy for any of us if we fall into their hands we shall fight all the better for knowing that peters said grimly the dutchmen are learning that as the spaniards are finding to their cost there is nothing like making a man fight than the knowledge that there is a halter waiting for him if he is beaten you had better get two of the guns astern peters so as to fire down into them as they come up you may leave the others one on each side for the present and run one of them over when we see which side they are making for ah that's a nice little puff if it would but hold like that we should show them our heels altogether 
in two or three minutes the puff died out and the wind fell even lighter than before i thought that we were going to have more of it the captain said discontentedly it looked like it when the sun went down i think we shall have more before morning peters agreed but i am afraid it won't come in time to help us much as the moon rose they were able to make out three craft astern of them two were almost abreast of each other the third some little distance behind that is just what i expected peters they are making a race of it we shall have two of them on our hands at once the other will be too far away by the time they come up to give them any assistance they are about a mile astern now i should say and unless the wind freshens up a bit they will be alongside in about twenty minutes i will give you three men here peters as soon as we have fired load again and then slew the guns round and run them forward to the edge of the poop and point them down into the waist if the spaniards get on board and we find them too strong for us those of us who can will take to the forecastle the others will run up here then sweep the spaniards with your guns and directly you have fired charge down among them with pike and axe we will do the same and it is hard if we do not clear the deck of them just at this moment ned hailed them from the top there is a ship nearly ahead of us sir she is lying with her sails brailed up evidently waiting how far is she off do you think ned i should say she is four miles away ned replied well we need not trouble about her for the present there will be time to think about her when we have finished with these fellows behind you can come down now ned in a few words the captain now explained his intentions to the men i hope lads that we shall be able to prevent their getting a footing on the deck but if they do and we find we can't beat them back as soon as i give the word you are to take either to the forecastle or to the poop mr peters will have the two guns there ready to sweep them with bullets the moment he has fired give a cheer and rush down upon them from both sides we will clear them off again never fear ned you will be in charge in the waist until i rejoin you get ready to run one of the guns over the instant i tell you on which side they are coming up depress them as much as you can i shall take one gun and you take the other and be sure you don't fire until you see a boat well under the muzzle of your gun mind it's the boat you are to aim at and not the men captain martin again ascended to the poop and joined peters the two boats were now but a few hundred yards astern and they could hear the officers cheering on the rowers to exert themselves to the utmost the third boat was fully a quarter of a mile behind the leaders when they approached within a hundred yards a fire of musketry was opened lie down under the bulwarks men captain martin said to the three sailors it's it is no use risking your lives unnecessarily i expect one boat will come one side and one the other peters if they do we will both take the one coming up on the port side one of us may miss and it is better to make sure of one boat if we can i think we can make pretty sure of beating off the other yes there they are separating now work your gun round a bit so that it bears on a point about twenty yards astern and a boat's length on the port side i will do the same have you done that yes i think i have about got it sir very well then stoop down now or we may get hit before it is time to fire the bulwarks round the poop were only about a foot high but sitting back from them the captain and the mate were protected from the bullets that were now singing briskly over the stern of the ship they are coming up peters captain martin said now kneel up and look along your gun get your match ready and do not fire till you see right into the boat then clap on your match whether i fire or not the boat came racing along until within some twenty yards of the stern the cannons were discharged almost simultaneously 
the sound was succeeded by a chorus of screams and yells the contents of both guns had struck the boat fairly midships and she sank almost instantly as soon as they had fired captain martin ran forward and joined the crew in the waist he had already passed the word to ned to get both guns over to the starboard side and he at once took charge of one while ned stood at the other the Spaniards had pushed straight on without waiting to pick up their drowning comrades in the other boat, and in a minute were alongside. So close did the helmsman bring the boat to the side that the guns could not be depressed so as to bear upon her, and a moment later the Spaniards were climbing up the sides of the vessel, the rowers dropping their oars and seizing axes and joining the soldiers. "'Never mind the gun, Ned. It is useless at present. Now, lads, drive them back as they come up.' with pike and hatchet the sailors met the spaniards as they tried to climb up the cook had brought his cauldron of boiling water to the bulwarks and threw pailful after pailful down into the boat while the carpenter bailed over boiling pitch with the great ladle terrible yells and screams rose from the boat and the soldiers in vain tried to gain a footing upon the ship's deck as they appeared above the level of the bulwarks they were met either with thrust of pike or with a crashing blow from an axe and it was but three or four minutes from the moment that the fight began that the boat cast off and dropped behind more than half those on board being killed or disabled a loud cheer broke from the crew shall i run the guns back to the stern again peters asked from above and give them a parting dose no no captain martin said let them go peters we are fighting to defend ourselves and have done them mischief enough see what the third boat is doing though they have stopped rowing peters said after going to the stern i think they are picking up some swimmers from the boat we sank there cannot be many of them for most of the rowers would have been killed by our discharges and the soldiers in their armor will have sunk at once captain martin now ascended to the poop in a short time the boat joined that which had dropped astern which was lying helpless in the water no attempt having been made to man the oars as most of the unwounded men were scalded more or less severely their report was evidently not encouraging and the third boat made no attempt to pursue some of her oarsmen were shifted to the other boat and together they turned and made back for amsterdam now then for this vessel ahead captain martin said that is a much more serious business than the boats the vessel which was some two miles ahead of them had now set some of her sails and was heading towards them they can make us out now plainly enough peters and the firing will of course have told them we are the vessel that they are in search of i don't think that there is any getting away from them i don't see that there is the mate agreed whichever way we edged off they could cut us off the worst of it is no doubt she has got some big guns on board and these little things of ours are of no good except at close quarters it would be no use trying to make a running fight with her not in the least peters we had better sail straight at her you don't mean to try and carry her by boarding peters asked doubtfully she looks a large ship and has perhaps a hundred and fifty men on board and though the spaniards are no sailors they can fight on the decks of their ships that is so peters what i think of doing is to bear straight down upon her as if i intended to board we shall have to stand one broadside as we come up and then we shall be past her and with our light draught we should run right away from her with this wind there is more of it than there was and we are slipping away fast unless she happens to knock away one of our masts we shall get away from her when they were within half a mile of the spanish ship they saw her bows bear off lie down lads the captain ordered she is going to give us a broadside when it is over start one of those sea beggar songs you picked up at brill that will startle them and they will think we are crowded with men and going to board them 
a minute later eight flashes of fire burst from the spanish ship now lying broadside to them one shot crashed through the bulwarks two others passed through the sails the rest went wide of their mark as soon as it was over the crew leapt to their feet and burst into one of the wild songs sung by the sea beggars keep our head straight towards her peters captain martin said they will think we mean to run her down and it will flurry and confuse them loading was not quick work in those days and the distance between the vessels was decreased by half before the guns were again fired this time it was not a broadside the guns went off one by one as they were loaded and the aim was hasty and inaccurate for close as they were not a shot struck the hull of the good venture though two or three went through the sails in the bright moonlight men could be seen running about and officers waving their arms and giving orders on board the spaniard and then her head began to pay off we have scared them captain martin laughed they thought we were going to run them down they know the sea beggars would be quite content to sink themselves if they could sink an enemy follow close in her wake peters and then bear off a little as if you meant to pass them on their starboard side then when you get close give her the helm sharp and sweep across her stern we will give her the guns as we pass then bear off again and pass her on her port side the chances are they will not have loaded again there the spanish ship was little more than a hundred yards ahead when she got before the wind again captain martin saw with satisfaction that the good venture sailed three feet to her too the poop and stern galleries of the spaniard were clustered with soldiers who opened a fire with their muskets upon their pursuer the men were all lying down now at their guns which were loaded with musket balls to their muzzles elevate them as much as you can she is much higher out of the water than we are now peters you see to the guns i will take the helm i will keep the helm sir the mate replied no you won't peters my place is the place of danger but if you like you can lie under the bulwark there after you have fired and be ready to take my place if you see me drop now lads get ready so saying the captain put down the tiller the good venture swept round under the stern of the spaniard at a distance of some forty yards and as she did so the guns loaded with bullets to the muzzle were fired one after the other the effect was terrible and the galleries and poop were swept by the leaden shower then the captain straightened the helm again the crew burst into the wild yells and cries the beggars raised when going into battle the spaniards confused by the terrible slaughter worked by the guns of their enemies and believing that they were about to be boarded on the port side by a crowd of desperate foemen hastily put up the tiller and the ship bore away as the good venture swept up presenting her stern instead of her broadside to them to the momentary relief of the spaniards their assailant instead of imitating their manoeuvres kept straight upon her course before the wind and instead of the wild cries of the beggars a hearty english cheer was raised as captain martin had expected the guns on the port side had not been reloaded after the last discharge and the good venture was two or three hundred yards away before the spaniards recovered from their surprise at what seemed the incomprehensible manoeuvre of their foes and awoke to the fact that they had been tricked and that instead of a ship crowded with beggars of the sea their supposed assailant had been an english trader that was trying to escape from them a dozen contradictory orders were shouted as soon as the truth dawned upon them the captain had been killed by the discharge of grape and the first lieutenant severely wounded the officer in command of the troops shouted to his men to load the guns only to find when this was accomplished that the second lieutenant of the ship had turned her head in pursuit of the enemy and that not a single gun would bear there was a sharp altercation between the two authorities but the military chief was of the highest rank 
don't you see he said furiously that she is going away from us every foot she was but a couple of hundred yards away when i gave the order to load and now she is fully a quarter of a mile if i put the helm down to bring her broadside on the seaman said she will be half a mile ahead before we can straighten up and get in her wake again and unless you happen to cripple her she will get away to a certainty she will get away anyhow the soldier roared if we don't cripple her put your helm down instantly the order was given and the ship's head swayed round there was a flapping of sails and a rattling of blocks and then a broadside was fired but it is no easy matter for angry and excited men to hit a mast at the distance of nearly half a mile one of the shots ploughed up the deck within a yard of the foot of the mainmast another splintered a boat three others added to the holes in the sails but no damage of importance was done by the time the Spaniard had borne round and was again in chase, the good venture was over half a mile ahead. "'It is all over now, Captain,' Peters said as he went aft. "'Unless we light upon another of these fellows, which is not likely, we are safe.' "'Are any of the men hit, Peters?' "'The carpenter was knocked down and stunned by a splinter from the boat, sir, but I don't think it is serious.' "'Thank God for that,' the captain said. "'Now will you take the helm?' There was something in the voice that startled the mate. Is anything the matter, sir? Don't say you are hit. I am hit, Peters, and I fear rather badly. But that matters little now that the crew and ship are safe. Peters caught the captain, for he saw that he could scarce stand, and called two men to his assistance. The captain was laid down on the deck. Where are you hit, sir? Halfway between the knee and the hip, Captain Martin replied faintly. If it hadn't been for the tiller I should have fallen, but with the aid of that I made shift to stand on the other leg. It was just before we fired, at the moment when I put the helm down. Why didn't you call me? Peters said reproachfully. It was of no good getting two of us hit, Peters, and as long as I could stand to steer, I was better there than you. Ned came running aft as the news was passed along that the captain was wounded, and threw himself on his knees by his father's side. "'Bear up, Ned, bear up like a man,' his father said. "'I am hit hard, but I don't know that it is to death. But even if it is, it is ten thousand times better to die in battle with the Spaniards than to be hung like a dog, which would have befallen me and perhaps all of us if they had taken us.' By Peter's directions a mattress was now brought up, and the captain carried down to his cabin. There was no thought on board now of the pursuers astern, or of possible danger lying ahead. The news that Captain Martin was badly wounded damped all the feelings of triumph and enthusiasm which the crew had before been feeling at the success with which they had eluded the Spaniard while heavily punishing her. As soon as the captain was laid on a sofa, Peters examined the wound. It was right in front of the leg, some four inches above the knee. "'There is nothing to be done for it,' Captain Martin said. "'It has smashed the bone, I am sure.' "'I am afraid it has, Captain,' Peters said ruefully. "'And it is no use my saying that it has not. I think, sir, we had best put in at Enkhausen. We are not above four or five miles from it now, and we shall find surgeons there who will do all they can for you.' i think that will be the best plan peters the orders were given at once and the ship's course altered and half an hour later the lights of enkhausen were seen ahead End of chapter three